back to From Ragtime to No Time, Jazz Mixtape number five with DJ MK. This is followed um, up by the last episode, which was, of course, all Ornette Coleman for my friend Shane's birthday. And this is a special episode because for the first time I have a guest in the studio, Sean Moriarty, who's here to um, check it out and pick some tracks out. And do you want to say hi, Sean? Hello. <laughs> That's Sean, who is a music fanatic. Um, and in the future, I kind of want to have more folks in the studio just to hang out and pick some tunes out with me. Um, that first track was a Gatto Barbieri track, which on episode 
three and I played a Gato and Don Cherry tune and mentioned I was going to play another Gato solo track and never got to it. So I started this set off with Gato um, off his Impulse album from 1973, chapter one, Latin America. So basically what this is in a real quick synopsis is um, he was in Buenos Aires, recorded with a cast of local musicians, most of whom were local um, Argentinian folk musicians, um, playing some music. And Gato, of course, playing the tenor saxophone. Um, and this entire record is really beautiful. Um, one of the first things I heard from Gato, where I was like, okay, I understand why people love this guy. Because um, I've heard him at various points in his career. I was not always a fan of Gato. And I think maybe still I'm not a fan of his stuff in the later part of his career but this is beautiful music i think that's a just lovely lovely track um and i think we're just going to get rolling with some more music here and i think as per usual um it's just going to be a wide array of things across the span of the history of jazz and i'll probably play three or four in a row and then get back to you on what happened. And I think the next track Sean picked out, and we'll talk about it after you get to hear it. All right. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
All right, welcome back. Just played another four tracks in a row there, and I'm going to attempt to go over those with you. So, of course, we led things off with Gatto after that. We have one of Sean's picks, Lester Young, another legendary tenor saxophone player. And the track that was selected was Lester Leaps In. This was a live recording at the Savoy Ballroom, recorded in New York in 1950. The band at this point, Lester, of course, in tenor. Jesse Drake on trumpet. I'm unfamiliar with Jesse Drake. Kenny Drew, piano player. Aaron Bell bass. And Joe Jones on drums. This would have been Papa Joe Jones of Count Basie fame. Um, kind of a noisy recording to some extent. You can hear a lot of the background stuff going on in the club but definitely a joyous number and um, you get to hear Lester take some great solos after that we played a track off of Steve Lacey's I think this I'm going to go by memory here I'm going to double check myself 1985 recording of course this was recorded in Italy I said of course but um that's not necessarily, of course. I'm reading it off the back. 1985 in Milano, and we played the first track off side A, Evidence, a Thelonious Monk standard. I guess most of Monk's tunes are standards. Um, Evidence maybe is not one of his most played tunes, but um, I don't think there's a single Monk tune that I don't like. And Steve Lacey, of course, was a student of Monk's tunes his entire life. Um, of course, in 1985, I've been playing Monk's tunes for many years. It's really cool to hear him in the context of just stripped down, him and his horn playing Thelonious Monk. Um, after that, we went to another Sean pick, which was Sonny Murray. Actuel number three is the label. Homage to Africa. And the track was R.I.P., which has that beautiful repetitive riff. Right, Sean? <laughs> All right, yeah, that's a good riff. Put Sean on the spot there. Um, so, of course, a lot of these actual recordings happened when uh, a lot of the American musicians were in Paris for a festival. A lot of them stayed on for a long period of time because they were received very well. Um, I think in a lot of respects, the musicians were, were treated with much more respect in Europe than they were in the US. And Actuel um, set up a lot of recording dates. A lot of these records have similar musicians on them. Um, Sonny Murray, of course, the drummer of this group and the leader, um, was playing drums in the U.S., probably originally most prominent with Albert Eiler, um, played with him for a number of years, really freed up the drums uh, from having a set pulse and sort of a co really colors the, the sound. It's sort of like he has like painting rhythm everywhere. It's like spread around. Um, it's sometimes hard to find like the tonal center of what he's doing which really frees up everyone to do things that are, um, you know, getting away from what jazz was and sort of looking forward into what jazz could be. 
Uh, Lester Bowie played trumpet on this. Of course, he's from the Art Ensemble of Chicago. Clifford Thornton on saxophone. Archie Shep, another phenomenal saxophone player on sax. Alan Silva on bass. Roscoe Mitchell, also of the Art Ensemble of Chicago on saxophone. Kenneth Turode on saxophone. And not on this track, but on some other tracks, Gene Lee on vocals. So once again, that track was R.I.P. Off Homage to Africa, late 60s, I believe was the release on that. And then we ended that with an older track that was recorded in 1941. This is a Blue Note release. The Edmund Hall Celeste Quartet. And of course, people are thinking right now, what the heck is the Celeste? Maybe you know what a Celeste is. Um, if you think of a piano, you have a keyboard, you hit the key, a hammer is striking a string. That's what makes the sound. A Celeste, you have a keyboard, you hit a key, and the strings are plucked. Um, it's an intricate mechanism. Mostly it's used in classical music. I don't know that I've ever heard it used in jazz except in this recording. Um, there may be some other ones out there. but So the Edmund Hall Celeste Quartet, the track was profoundly blue. And Edmund Hall, who's a phenomenal New Orleans-based clarinet player on clarinet, Mead Lux Lewis was playing the Celeste. And Charlie Christian, who really, you know, majorly, majorly influential guitar player who died at an early age, who really did not record very much at all, especially outside of the Benny Goodman group, which is where he did most of his few recordings, was on guitar on that one and Israel Crosby on bass. So that's really neat because Celeste and jazz, it's, it was a really awesome tune. And we're going to get right back into another set of tunes because we're getting to the last section of the podcast here. So thanks for joining us. And I want to thank Sean for being here, helping me pick out some tunes. Thanks for having me. Good All right. And without further ado, we're going to play some more music.
Okay, and welcome back. We're just about ending here, the fifth episode of From Ragtime to No Time Jazz Mixtape. And this is DJMK with special guest Sean Moriarty. Of course, Nico the dog is hanging around too. Um, we started that last four set off with none other than Alice Coltrane from the album Journey in Satchadananda. The group for this recording, this is an Impulse release. Uh, Pharaoh Sanders, uh, Tulsi on tambora, Cecil McBee on bass, Rashid Ali on drums, uh, Majid Shabazz on bells and tambourine. From 1970, the track was number three, Stopover Bombay. Um, maybe you're familiar with this album. If not, I would highly suggest picking this album up. Every track is takes you to another realm of reality. Um, after that, Billy Bang Sextet, The Fire From Within. This was recorded in 1984. The whole album and all the tracks within it are based on our Carlos Castaneda book. Because Billy Bang was really into him at that point. Um, the leader of the band, Billy Bang, of course, on violin. Ahmed Abdullah on trumpets. Oscar Sandys on guitar, who I'm not familiar with, but his playing is really cool. Nico's now making some noise in the background. Uh, William Parker, of course, who is still performing as we speak uh, on bass. Thurman Barker on marimba, which is a really neat addition here. John Betch on drums and cowbells. And Charles Bobo Shaw, Cowbells on Nagual Julian only. And of course, that is the track that I played, Nagual Julian, which is has a really nice groove going on. Um, I should say all these tracks um, I picked out with the help of Sean. And Sean picked out this next record and the next track, solo here. Uh, this is the John, ha John Handy Quartet, or I'm sorry, the John Handy Quintet. Um, and they call this the second John Handy album, which is a little deceptive because this was really not the second John Handy album because he had done a number of albums before this. But I guess what they mean is it's the second John Handy quintet album with this group. Um, anyway, the track was Dancy Dancy, which is really great high vol. I wouldn't say high volume, high intensity. Um, track that was dedicated in liner notes that says here john says it's for his little boy john handy the fifth and the personnel on here uh john handy on alto on tenor i'm not sure which track he played tenor on i've listened to this album a few times jerry Hahn on guitar mark mike white on violin don thompson on bass terry clark on, on drums and um this was of course one of those records now that i'm thinking about the date doesn't say obviously what the date is but i'm going to say late 60s just because uh dollar brand ended the set and i would have to say he's one of many artists that i'm playing where pretty much their entire repertoire is gold and this record is called African Marketplace and was put out in 1980 
And the piece that I played was called The Homecoming Song, which features um, uh, Dollar Brand on the soprano, Carlos Ward on alto and soprano, Jeff King on tenor, Dwayne Armstrong on tenor, Kenny Rogers on baritone sax. Of course, this is not the Kenny Rogers that I think some of us are thinking of, I'm sure. Uh, Melindy Blythe. Tiana on trombone, Craig Harris on trombone, Gary Chandler on trumpet, Cecil McBee on bass, Miguel Palmier on percussion, Andre Strobert on drums and percussion, Lawrence Lucier on banjo. Of course, this was the track listing for the whole album. I feel like on that track, the group was a little more sparse, but I'm not sure. Um, anyway, that one's called African Marketplace. Um, personally, I haven't heard a single dollar brand album um, that I did not like. Of course, this is right when he was transitioning from changing his name to Abdullah Ibrahim. Um, an interesting note just in passing here is that his daughter, uh, Jean Grey, is a pretty interesting hip-hop artist. So I would check her work out as well. Um, so we're slightly over an hour. I feel like it was worth it, though, to end it with that uh, Dollar Brand track. And I'm going to sign off here. want to say a big thanks to my special guest, Sean Moriarty, first guest ever. And for Nico for being mostly on good behavior, although he was kicked out of the room at certain points. Uh, next time, we'll do episode six, probably in the next week or two. Thanks for joining in.